Welcome to Let's Talk About Tracks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Today on the show, the crew discusses Star Trek Discovery Season 1, Episode 1, The Vulcan Hello. This is the explicit version. For the kids' safe, censored version, check out the link in the description. Enjoy the show. Here we are, huh? So, uh, yeah. I, I, this, this starting so with this Chris Obi guy, uh, this Chris Obi guy, yeah, is yeah. amazing. I gotta tell you, I, as much as I was looking forward to Star Trek, two of the things I was looking forward to mm-hmm. when it coming back, number one, were to see the Klingons, right? And to see like the different alien races mm-hmm. and how well, how well advanced the makeup is. And number two was to see it in like, mm-hmm. like done in HD. Like, okay, so we did Enterprise in HD, but yeah. on, it was Enterprise. Yeah. So this Oh, come on. <laughs> I know, I can't help it. I'm sorry. You heard the introductory <laughs> show. Come on, you know this. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, first of all, Chris Obi as, uh, what's his name, Takuvma in the beginning is uh-huh. the fucking incredible. Like, this is the most <laughs> incredible Klingon I've seen. Okay, so Christopher Plummer. RSVP Christopher Clummer, RIP Christopher Clummer. Let, let me let me just say that because he did play General Chang and he did recently die and he was uh-huh. featured in the best Star Trek movie ever, which is Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country, yep. as confirmed yep. this weekend, by the way, strangely by uh, John Lovett on the uh, Love It or Leave It podcast, and he is correct. Star Trek Six is indeed the the best uh, Star Trek movie whatsoever. It brings the generations together. Anyway, are we talking about uh, Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> I, I <laughs> yes, we are. Oh, We're my supposed bad. to be. Whoops. Although I guess right now this is Star Trek Shinzo. After, so if we're going to name you the know, episode it is. after the show. So here is a wild thing: is that uh, so? Obviously, this is this is my my oh I don't know my seventh or eighth time around seeing this uh, season, and I got to tell you the okay. starting. The way they started, okay, first of all, the Klingon part was dope because that's like a foreboding thing. Like it's like a like a harbinger, like, hey, yeah. Something there's going to be a problem with the Klingons. <laughs> Clearly. Especially since they they, yeah. they especially since Takuvma says, wait for these niggas to come by and be like, we come in peace. Because they're the ones <laughs> who are trying to come and take take us over and make us look like them, yep. John. So Well You know there's gonna be so a problem because we always like to say we come in peace. Go ahead, I'm sorry. The the, pro- the problem I had with this episode when it first aired, I saw it on live TV on CBS. The way they, you know, they give you the first yeah, half yeah. of the episode. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay, and I read slowly, as I probably have mentioned before, and uh, I I didn't like having subtitles as the uh, first words, you know, on my first episode. And and not only that, but then it turned out to be subtitled Klingon, and it's like, wait, they, yeah. they don't subtitle Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta Klingon. agree with you. So it was a jarring change, but I liked the jarring yeah. change because it made me feel like it was more Klingon. You know, like we've we yeah, had yeah, the yeah. scenes of like wharf dump discommendation, etc. But those are nothing in comparison yeah. to what this scene was. Like this scene was like full Klingon. Like everything was so Klingon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Saw... Well, they even started it subtitled in Klingon. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, what? 
that am was, I looking at Mandarin? That was no, dope. Wait, no, like, I'm not, dude. And of course, you get the split second of are they going to leave it in Klingon? And they're just expecting the people who are fans to like be the only ones to be able to read it. <laughs> and then they changed it. I was well, like, oh, cool thank thing, God. Yeah, the cool thing would have is if they subtitled it in Klingon, but had it in English. Like the uh, actors are speaking English. So that you're like, okay, so this is the reverse of the oh, Universal Translator yes. that Gene Roddenberry says is on huh. our TV. That's interesting because that would have that would have been, essentially, uh, that would have been presenting it from their perspective as opposed to our perspective, right? Because that's the way yeah, it would show yeah. if it were on Klingon television. It would be yeah, their wait, Universal it would be Translator in English or what? I'm confused. I don't know. I just well, it would have been if if it was made from the perspective of like say even five or ten years ago of humans making the show um and then the klingons were one and then they dubbed it or they subtitled it for klingons to watch in klingon exactly then this is the netflix then version the subtitles in klingon. yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, the clag flicks version so uh, here's another thing <laughs> i love the shinjo i love the underslung bridge and the other yeah, thing yeah. that I forgot to mention that I was looking for in Star Trek as it came back was fucking cheesiness. Because Star Trek has to be like a little cheesy, right? Okay. Like does I don't know. That that's what that's what I've always been that's what like people who have, you know, been forced to watch Star Trek by Big Men Presence have always said is it was like really cheesy. And I'll well, give it to and, you. Like it, it can be a little cheesy. The other thing that threw me off on the so the yeah. so that so the star that they walk the Starfleet that, logo that they walk at the uh, in the sand yeah, yeah the Delta that's the cheese yeah. that I, it's exactly the cheese that I needed to get into this episode I was like okay so we got some rough Klingon stuff we got some great vistas with some beautiful women and some crazy aliens and then cheesiness yes <laughs> that's Star Trek you got it yeah. <laughs> so wait but the first thing that they're doing is breaking the prime directive. You know, and I don't yeah, know. I don't know if that's first. true. So you're you're assuming that that is an assumption you're making. Well, they don't is not having a whole lot of technology. Sure, but neither does Saru's people at the time that Saru. Uh, am but I jumping Saru ahead? Is the only... <laughs> so listen, um, here's the here's. Bit, I'm gonna drop in the red see, alert. I'm dropping the red alert sound here, ah! and I'm gonna let everybody know. Okay. We're going to spoil the entire first season of Star Trek Discovery, just so you know. Probably just in this <laughs> and, one episode. Yeah, and probably season two. Uh, potentially. I don't know that we'll need to. It'll need to come in, but uh, but I do think that definitely season well, one. Well, I will. mean, if we're going to talk about Saru and where he comes from, that's season two. Oh, fair enough. And that's yeah. Oh, yeah, because we didn't like really get any information about that. I love. I also love the start yeah. where we have the new warp effect. Which I was like, we gotta do like a new warp effect, right? Totally didn't expect the spore drive thing to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. That blew my mind when it happened. But the the, uh, yeah. the vista of well, watching the, this, the this thing go, and then know. she says like the regular Earth date, that was awesome because it gives me like connection yeah. to me and now. Okay. She gave a regular Earth date? I thought she said a star date. Or did she, she do was, both? No, I, she may have. I think she may have said, oh, she may have just said like a Sunday. But um, I know I think yeah, she started think so. with like a, I, mean, a, I think she started with a date. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. But I do remember her saying that it was a it's Sunday. It's level 7.3. On Earth, mm -hmm. it's May 11th, 2256. Here's the thing. A Sunday. They probably didn't want to spend the extra money to do this. But if I were to do this, I would. And it's the Shinzo first. 
and you can't see a clear name on it. Yeah. I would have put the credit se sequence with the Shinzo as the start, oh. you know, being oh. like, oh, it's like <laughs> that's totally a discovery thing to do too. I'm surprised they didn't think of doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but you know, I don't think they yeah, start. They so did, okay, so. Uh -huh. So who's Lobot there in the uh, background? We got Lobot in the background. He's got a computer wrapped around his head, just like Lobot from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. So these are some things that I missed <laughs> from the first episode. And, like, the the green guy, is he Orion? I don't think so. Like, what are the like, silvery things around him? No, no, because he's... And, like, later we see Not only that, but it looks like he has an eye in the back of his head. We see oh, Orions yeah. later, and they clearly don't look like that. Although I do remember some Orions having some weirdness yeah. of, like, metal stuff on them. So, when we go out to the bridge... Oh, okay. So, Rue is on I, the, I also, in the center seat. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Yep. Oh, I forgot. So, he okay. actually starts out as science officer, and Burnham starts out as first officer, correct? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, so that means so I'm now going to spoil. Yeah. Oh, I can't spoil it. Damn it. I can't spoil it because it's you. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> guys, ladies and gentlemen, his and herms, mm. this is this is difficult. So, like, I, I, I'm going to spoil things for you for season one and season two, but I will not spoil things for my buddy uh, Earl Grey for season three because he's not seen no. season three, and you guys are going to have to delight in, like, I don't know, a million episodes, about 26 episodes, um, to <laughs> to enjoy uh, Earl Grey's first viewing through. I will say yeah. that Saru's Possibly makeup... Possibly Yeah, pro pro probably second, because we'll probably watch together and then go back and watch it, because it's... Yeah. You can't... You don't want to be distracted. Who wants to be distracted while they're watching oh, the first Star Trek? just by Saru. Like, you yeah. can't do science, boy. yeah. yeah. He's like, anyway, <laughs> since you don't know what the fuck you're doing, why don't you move over and let me tell them what the hell's going on here? Because science officer you are, but I should be the chief science officer, but I can't because I'm first officer. So why don't you get the fuck out of the way and let the first officer do the first officer's job? But then, well, don't forget, and then she just, he, he then pushes her back. back. He's right like, away. yeah, why don't you go sit in your little chair and yeah, let me yeah. be the fucking science officer? Finish your scan so you can express facts and Well, the crazy thing is, is that during this era, there were double duty first officers. Like Spock in the original series, with Kirk, is a double duty first officer. He is the first officer. They don't really call him that. But, One hundred yeah. percent. Um, he is the first he's officer, the and he's the chief science officer, officer besides the captain. Yep. Yep, that is 100% so, true. I don't um, know why we decided to separate it this time because I don't know what the first officer does. Yeah. Like, does the first officer yeah. do paperwork well, and, and the captain does the chair? The, but I do like it. Yeah. I mean, obviously. The Discovery is a bigger ship with more personnel, so they might bigger have more ability to have individual. Big the seventeen oh one. What is it? No bloody A B C or huh? Yeah. Is it? I, well, physically, physically longer, physically, you know, possibly more crew. Well, except I they, think it's, I mean, I think it's uh, smaller. Uh, except for Dax's mention. Uh, I I think the Enterprise. Um, yeah, I think the Enterprise might be smaller. Um. Well, let me uh, let me take a look at some some stuff here, because uh, uh, I, I think it also just depends on how you define bigger, though, too. So I'm I'm not um, only talking about uh, physical size, but I'm also talking about um, I'm also talking about crew complement. Okay, it seems like the Discovery would have a smaller crew. So that oh, okay. So I'm looking at a comparison, and you are 100 percent correct. 
the discovery is okay. ass loads longer. Well, not ass loads longer, but it's oh shucks, it's the it's the same length. The the original. So I'm the problem here is that I'm comparing well the Enterprise, the original original Enterprise to the Discovery. So I don't know about I don't know how they changed the specs yeah. when they reintroduced the Enterprise at the end of the season. I don't think they did. All I think the only things that we really changed are uh, the the handles that hold on the warp pylon the the, the pylons. You're whoa. The uh, you're, okay, so you're talking about the oh the direction of the pylons. The, yeah, the direction of the pylons really annoyed me. Yeah, the facing backwards and the little uh, gap in between, you know, double pylon things going. Sure. On. So I'm looking at this uh, this that, uh, this overlay of the Enterprise plus the robot discovery. lady too. Yeah. So is that <sighs> a twenty? Is that a twenty third century android? No, so I don't think it's an android. I don't think they're androids. I don't think any of them are androids. Oh. I think that, <clears throat> so I think that the robot head one might be some sort of like originally non-Federation member that happens to have a person serving. Cause like they have Spock as the Vulcan, the first Vulcan, Saru is the first um, mm. Kelpian, and probably this, this, you know, TV head as the first Max Headroom. <laughs> it's funny that well, later, years years later, Max Hedrum <clears throat> comes back as Professor Berlinghoff Rasmussen. <laughs> um, so, is this person, is this a biological being maybe inside of an environmental suit so, that has to be their, their so environment so different from you. a class M? I got what you're saying. My headcanon, however, says that this is like a member of the species of like uh, technologically advanced organisms. Like maybe these are people that, okay. you know, like, I don't know if you've ever read, okay, so now I'm gonna go back into in some novels, but they're in some, in um, in the like cold equations. Please don't. <laughs> in the cold equations, there is a, there's a coalition of like intelligent beings where like basically they are all robots that like cobbled together from different pieces and they came from different places and eventually they found a place to live and they like, start to procreate so it's really like an an inorganic organic species you see what i'm saying so potentially he could Say be a member again. so like uh, just a member of a species who's made of say silicon instead of you know carbon you know incorrect okay like if you take a horda so, and you give and you let and you let a horda evolve over you know uh, uh, millions of years maybe you end up with something that looks kind of like a computer. Inaccurate, inaccurate, data in error. Because they're, they're made of silicon, is what I'm getting at. The word is. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, like, if a Horda evolved into a humanoid form. Uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, or, like, put together a humanoid form to go and serve in Starfleet as a representative of their society, right? That's what I'm thinking. There's a... So it's like a drone? Yeah, you could like, like a think. literal, like, remote-operated... No, I would say that... Body. No, 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 I would say that, that, that there's a... No, I would say that there was a living being in there. And I'm not saying it's a Horda. Oh, I'm just okay. saying, like, like, you know, like, I think that an alien civilization that can exist that 
cobble like if we all disappear and I think yeah. the organics could mix some of the organic stuff the, the humans disappear and some of the organic stuff that is left behind and like you know with all the animals and plants I think they could merge right and then you would basically have you would eventually at some point have like a computer that has a soul inside of it you see what I'm saying data insufficient so to be <laughs> not to get stuck on a tiny detail so there's nothing no, no, no. But there's an. Let me, let me see if I've got that right. Uh -huh. There's enough biology in there that there's bio in there, but there's no. There's no bio in there. All soul, the bio, all the bio is technical, technological, right? So like the exocomps, for instance, each of those exocomps were alive. Let's say they weren't created by someone, yeah. but instead were put together by what we would think of as normal biological processes. Oh, okay. So, inorganic, inorganic. Okay. So, like the Autobots and Decepticons. Exactly. Thank you. Oh, we got there. We got there through other fandom. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We finally made. We finally made an understanding by leaving Vulcan and going to Cybertron. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Right. I mean, they'll discover Cybertron in in like the. Uh, um, what's after Delta? Yeah, so that's what I'm getting at. So yeah, so that's a transformer on the bridge of the Enterprise. That's exactly what that is. That's fucking Optimus Prime sitting there talking about Captain. We got some shit going on outside. Somebody want to go check it out? Yeah, but they didn't have Peter Collin recorded the voice. All right. So as we are watching this episode, I have to tell you, this is a part where I need to talk about what is happening in this episode because what happens right here is that she's uh -huh. a, Michael Burnham, okay, two things. So first of all, Michael Burnham loves to fly alone through space really fast, really dangerously. We'll come back to that later. She does it every <laughs> season. Um, but okay, so she's she goes to investigate this thing, right? And the yep. Klingon torchbearer comes up behind her. She turns around, mm -hmm. he, pu yep. he pushes his, he, he, he swings his bat left at her, and then she reacts mm -hmm. by like defending herself and he's stabbed mm -hmm. on his own bat left. I don't think he killed mm -hmm. her. I don't think she killed him. Like, I don't think it's her fault at all that he's dead. I think that, like, it was a setup. Mm. Like, Takuma okay. took his torchbearer out and was like, yeah, so here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go out there, you're gonna go attack them, and then you're gonna sacrifice gonna yourself, a... and you're gonna be a martyr it... for the cause, right? And people will always, yeah, someone yeah. Will, will always have a torchbearer, and someone will always play this role because you've done this like martyrous thing, and now you're gonna launch our civilization into greatness. Like, totally a setup. So, like a kamikaze mission? Yeah, man. Like, it wasn't her fault. They set something up so, like. Oh, and they mummified it. Yeah, because you know, back in the day, so back in this day, Klingons are not honorable. Like, they don't have a code of honor. They've, they they established that at the beginning. They were like, yeah, we forgot about Kalos. And forgetting about Kalos uh -huh. means that, like, basically, like, you've forgotten about Jesus, so you forget to be nice, right? That's that's what humanity yeah, yeah, yeah. says. Because, you know, in 2,000 years, mm -hmm. we've only had two people come along and say, be nice, right? So so there was, there was Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus was like, don't be nice to everybody. Well, and then I was going to go actually to Martin Luther King. And he was like, hey, let's well, all be nice to each other, right? And then the aliens go, so what, what'd you guys do with them? 
and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I guess we're just we, assholes. We murdered them. Yeah, both of them. So, <laughs> like, so this is what the Klingons did. Klingons are like, hey, let's let's go and find a martyr that we can unite behind. Uh huh. So so here, let's let's uh, back up. The just anti-gravity a bit and gravity pads that are on these sarcophagi are incredible. Why uh-huh. is it lifting straight up in the air? Like completely unbidden. Like if I go and stand underneath it, am I also going to lift up in the air, or is it providing its own anti gravity? <laughs> and it took so long to do. I'm glad they did the Klingon howl to warn Stovokor that a warrior is coming. Yeah, but that's a vessel. Like this is they. We've established that that's clearly just an empty vessel. Oh, but they're not regular Klingons, so they might value the. Bo- oh, that's interesting. That's it. I had never considered that before. Because you know, for Klingons, it's it's just an empty shell, right? So there's there's yeah. no purpose there's no purpose to it. There's nothing there's nothing no reason that you should keep it around, right? But, well, but these yeah, are not so Klingons. They, they, these are they like dispose of the body. Yeah, somehow. so they they could just eject it into space. Why carry it around with you? Oh, on the outside of your ship? Yeah, man, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Like, what if your cemetery was like... No, it's not. It's Klingon. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, okay, so... It's normal to them. It is not normal to them. I have never seen a Klingon not, like, just dispose of a body. They don't keep them the fuck around. Like, I've been to... I've been to, um, to, to Kronos. I have never seen a building lined with sarcophagi. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Maybe it's how they reinforce their hull, because that's a pretty dope sarcophagus. I mean, sure. Except so for one like, of the things I was going to say uh-huh. is check out the style of that sarcophagus before it closes up, right? <sighs> yeah. You yeah. think, okay, ancient aliens, ancient aliens were the pr- precursor, you know, the in- influencer of the Egyptians and the influencer of the Klingon sarcophagus burial style. You're, you're close, but what you're confirmed. missing... Is that Klingons are the ancient aliens? Are they? Sure, they came here first. Well, so we get your uh, your your furries for your uh, uh, your your gods, the dog-headed and the cat-headed right gods. <clears throat> Other furries that are in uh, uh, ancient religions. <laughs> oh, so are you suggesting? Hold on, are you suggesting that? That the entire ancient Egyptian civilization was a bunch of furries. <laughs> well, not the way we represent them today, <laughs> with mascots, but um, they're they're certainly anthropomorphic, anthropomorphized animals. Because I mean, Anubis and Set, and they definitely are <laughs> fast. Uh, you know, I am very glad. Uh, three years hence or a couple years hence, I should say, that we didn't have to continue to see. So we saw T'Pol and, like, uh, that guy. What's, what's that guy? Tucker. We saw, like, T'Pol and and, and Trip Tucker, like, Tucker. rubbing each other down with oil a bunch of times, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> right? Like, they took some gel, and they rubbed it all over each other, and yeah. they were naked, and yeah. I'm like, I think that might have been part of what, like, the first thing that annoyed me about Enterprise. So I thought we were going to continue that trend here when uh, Burnham <laughs> comes out of sick bay and she's just wrapped in the... Um, the, the fifth element wraps, right? The Lilu <laughs> multi-pass wraps that she's got on. But I'm so glad okay. that they didn't do it. We haven't seen Burnham naked again. And I'm so glad of it. Well, I mean, she wasn't exactly naked. Well, I mean, as close to that, I mean, I, I know she wasn't exactly naked. Thank you. 
but we haven't seen even we haven't seen down to that state of undress with her yet and i'm so like i don't okay. think we've seen anybody like quite that undressed as she like that's the most undressed anybody's been uh here where i from here where i said at the end of season three of star trek discovery and i'm so glad of it because yeah. like it's like it's cool but i don't need it well maybe it's just maybe i'm yeah. being sexist though maybe i just don't need it from women because <laughs> like I tell you, there is a short treks featuring Aldous Hodge that I there's like a scene that I've watched again and again and again and again and again so much that it, like it's burned into my head. Well, the guy Orek, the guy Orek, who's like the torchbearer was my brother, but he's like, um, yeah, so like I don't really want to do it, <laughs> but like that was my brother. Like uh-huh. one of the a lot of the Klingon phrases that they speak during this. I, like stick in my mm. head like this is the guy that goes Abadujme? <laughs> I don't know okay um, which I'm assuming is the word fable because okay. it comes around like this the words on the screen are like are they gonna come across the, the galaxy and comes flocking to you because of a fable and at the same time mm. he's like Abadujme? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. There's also uh, well, some. Go ahead. Some of the uh, no, I was just clearing my throat. But one of the, originally when they were creating Klingon, the uh, the syllables matched the English. So like literally to be or not to be was takba takbe. Which the syllables match, right? Um, so the syllables are match. Are they still doing that? With- Hold on, because the reason the syllables match in that is because there is no verb to be in the Klingon language. So they made it up for Star Trek Six because well, they wanted yeah, to they say "ach pa pach be." Pach pa. Pach be. Well, they. So that's why those match. Right. Oh, you're hearing "ach pa." I'm hearing "tach pa." <laughs> But um, I, I've always heard, I, ah, pop, pop, almost almost everything that translates into English from Klingon, the syllables match. And um, I'm I gonna wonder, say I was just wondering if they're still doing that now. And yeah, I don't. I don't think we are. Um, I think that ever since uh, Mark Okren came they, out, you, uh-huh. I think that ever since they Mark consult Mark Okren to create the uh, yes. Klingon for this, this is the episode? this okay. is the same language. This is literally the same language. You can look at you can look at everything they they say up in the Klingon dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, there oh, is okay. also a um, there's actually a uh, there is a Klingon to English translator that you can get yeah, online. And um, yeah, if you were to cool. say, let me swap these around. Uh, and if I say to be, it says Kong Dak. Okay. Um, but then in the actual phrasing of the original Shakespearean, it's a totally different phrase. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know why. So, but also, are, are I'm, gonna, I'm also going to note that once I put um, once I put uh, fable in, which should be dujme, right? We just had the whole conversation. It comes up with uh-huh. noi. So I'm going to say I maybe this source that I'm using is incorrect. What's a word that I know that okay. I know that I know? <clears throat> well, there's a there's. Oh, sure, yeah, sure enough. What do you want? Um, I'm gonna say. Well, I'm gonna say hello and see what it says. 
and it, yeah, it says in UK NEH. So I think this is more more of a contextual thing than a um, direct uh, translation. But you know, you can get the the Klingon dictionary online. Look it up. Learn yourself some Klingon. And then uh, the, and then send us a message. Send us a message in Klingon. Book. <laughs> yeah. There's the, a few the pocketbooks Klingon dictionary or yeah. the uh, KLI Klingon dictionary. You know, I don't know. Are they different? They're both they're both by Mark Oakland. Well, the K, well, I don't think the Mark Oakland has anything to do with the KLI. Well, then the KLI is wrong because Mark Oakland's dictionary is is not only canon but continued canon because we consulted him again to do this 2016 well, Star Trek yeah. Discovery. But, well, they used what he had, and they started with what he had in, in, when they started at the time, but um, they, um, they, they expanded upon it. Although it's not entirely, there's some stuff that just doesn't translate yet. They, have, they haven't created that portion of the language yet. I don't think you have a full full-on conversation well you can have a conversation but it's going to be a simpler conversation than say uh, academics speaking Klingon sure yeah that makes total sense um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the so I what I do appreciate because I was expecting, you know, like at the beginning of Deep Space Nine, I was expecting like an episode about Cisco, an episode about Dax, an episode about uh, O'Brien, and we didn't do that this time. Okay. And I thought I liked okay. that at first. Yeah. But I don't think I like it because <laughs> I feel like we haven't. We we it took us. It's taken us a long. Sorry, I mean, like I said, I meant the end of season three, and it's taken a long time to get any exposition on the bridge crew. And it seems that when I get exposition on the bridge crew, mm-hmm. is the time when they're planning on making the people disappear. Okay. Oh, so you're saying t- you know when Discovery, your favorite characters are going to die if they start focusing on them? That's how it seems. It seems like, oh, I don't really <laughs> want to focus on anybody. Do- yeah, so you don't want a data-heavy episode or a, a, a Riker-heavy episode then? <laughs> at all. Not or, at all. Or a Burnham-heavy. Well, I mean, all the episodes are Burnham-heavy, but um, you don't want a Saru-heavy episode. Well, you got a, we got a Saru-heavy Wait, episode in yes. two. Yes, we do. And I'm going and to stifle myself die. at this point. Oh, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. I didn't say anything. Let's move on. I really like um, Captain Giorgio. <laughs> like she is, she is, she is, she's, um, she's really like. I really like her, her ways and her attitude. Well, so if Lorca switched universes, is this a, an invasion of the actual mirror universe, Giorgio? And the mirror universe Giorgio is actually the prime universe Giorgio? So you're saying that the one we're watching now is the actual mirror universe one? Yeah, and she's invaded, you know... Yeah, so the problem is that she's very nice. She's extremely nice. She's so different from... Oh. Like, you can tell that, that mirror Giorgio is from well, the mirror universe but, because that makes a bit Like, she's a bitch, straight up. But, um, you know, they, if they were so deep undercover, like, Lorca was nice-ish. Um, 
so they're so deep undercover they they are taught you know they're they're they get into the character of being assertive and aggressive you know uh okay this stare down between i didn't catch that stare down the first time so while the lights are still filling the bridge there's a little stare down mm-hmm. between Giorgio and burnham i guess that's meant to foreshadow what's about to happen but it's definitely like a a very tense moment I don't understand why Michael is keeping the Vulcan hello the when you deal with the Klingons um, to herself. Why isn't she, you know, sharing this communication with Sarek or, um, you know, explaining no, the Vulcan you know, hello? Because, because what if, he, what if there's nothing fruitful that comes from the conversation? Like, then she would have wasted everyone's time. And it's really like, it's really less about how do I fix this situation than let me talk to my dad because this is what I do in my tense, in my tense moments. So this makes me wonder, okay, so here's a new dynamic that I've just thought of. So like, I wonder if she's part of the reason <laughs> I like why Sarek hasn't talked to Spock in a while. Like maybe he spends, he spends all his time, I'd be mad too. I'd be like, boy, I'm your <laughs> son. And you're sitting here talking to this bitch over here about like some bullshit that has nothing to do with me not to mention that you gave away my fucking uh 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 chance to go to the vulcan like come on now like you you tried to stop me from going to starfleet but you encourage her to go into starfleet you let her go into starfleet and then you're, you're on the phone with her all the time so much that i don't even have you don't have time for me and i'm the actual vulcan guy here that doesn't cause our family to get bombed you know how like this bitch like gets us bombed like every other year and how like she told me i was a weird little half breed and like she took all of amanda's time she took all of sarek's time like see i didn't get i didn't get alice in wonderland read to me i don't get little conversations you know in, in my quarters during tense moments, I would be pissed. I wouldn't speak to the man either. I'd be like, fuck you, I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> I don't think Spock would have cared for um, the wacky zaniness of Alice in Wonderland. It would be too illogical for him. He wouldn't get it. Uh, yeah, but it would have helped him a lot because remember, there was this, there was the thing about up is down, wrong is right. Right, so that uh-huh. feeds directly into his Latatarai. Okay. Right, so that would have I helped like him. How... That might have helped him unravel his his Vulcan dyslexia a little bit if he had gotten. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, now I get. That's another reason I wouldn't talk to Amanda either, because her ass had to sit around here <laughs> reading Alice in Wonderland to some little girl that they found on a planet, and it wasn't even their fault that they're there. Why the fuck? Where? Why did y'all get off? Go and find this little girl and bring her home. And you just have you got a kid that you're not even done raising yet. Like you haven't even taught me how to like not cry <laughs> and shit. And here you are, okay. bringing this little girl really? to. Oh God! Oh my God! I will. Oh, I get it, Spock. I totally get it. I wouldn't speak to the bitches either. Fuck them bitches. Spending all their time oh, on some dude. Michael Burnham. How dare they? Rain it back in. Rain it back in. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we here we are back with let's talk about treks, Star Trek Discovery season one, <laughs> episode one. Man, so far I, there's been when I get like understanding about certain things, like I get real fired up because I'm like, oh, I get how they felt. <laughs> <laughs> like I really like because I grew up, you know, on the Enterprise D. Like this stuff is like. This is this is like life canon for me. Like this is this is not head canon. Like this is provable 
canon. Like, because all that they're doing in Hollywood, right, is they are fighting these, they're, they're being told these stories, and then they're recreating them for, on screen for us. Like, this is history of the future. Damn it. Would you like some tea? Okay, yeah. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so uh, let me let me do a little interjection here and let you all know mm-hmm. that um, at the end of this episode, there's going to be um, a, there's going to be a um, I'm going to tell you uh, there's going to be a link to our uh, email address, and okay. I'll link us to our Twitter, which uh, at this moment okay. as we're recording we haven't created yet, <laughs> but yeah, I'll be sure well, to drop them a, in. There was a beta creation of of one for me, but I don't like it, so I'm gonna yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, there's a um, the 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 uh, let's so back to the show. There's a part where she says where Michael Burnham goes, target its head, caught up its neck, and those are the best delivered lines of Star Trek I have seen in ages. Like no one, no one besides Sir Patrick Stewart can deliver Star Trek lines like with with feeling the way that Michael Burnham does the way that Sonico Martin okay. does like what is she like, talking about she's talking about the Vulcan hello she's talking she's explaining to her captain why they have to do the Vulcan hello and the captain's uh-huh. like uh no we we're Starfleet we don't do that and she's like uh yeah but you're wrong and then we get <laughs> that we get that whole Vulcan death pinch and she's like well this is my career pretty much over and like I basically like Vulcan death pitched my my mom number three. This woman has three bombs. <laughs> I just realized that she's so fucking lucky because she got who she got. She got she had Gabrielle Doctor Gabrielle Burnham right, and then she had yeah. Amanda Grayson, you know Robin's great 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 granddaughter, and then she has sure. Philippa Giorgio. She's had okay. a lot of mothering in her life. She should make a really great mother. Hmm. Mm. I wonder if we're ever going to do Are you that dropping one. Spoilers again? What's that? Are you dropping spoilers again? Did oh, I'm not. No, no, no. I'm dropping. I'm dropping suppositions. Oh, she should make a really <laughs> great mother. Okay, so this is what she does oh, oh, with Cadet so, Tilly. She spends her time so mothering. Because, t- um, wait, what? She she spends her time what? mothering Tilly. Like, what's that? Okay. Oh, like, you, it just cut off for a second there, and I wasn't sure if you actually cut out or unplugged or something. Oh, no, I'm here. So the uh, the the skills that she uses as a mother that she uses with Tilly, I think we're seeing... Oh, are we building to Michael Burnham having a kid? Is this going to be like... Well, that would be kind of tropey, though, because you're, you're, you're kind of asserting that because she's a woman, she has to have a family. And well, that's not what defines I'm, women. No, that's not what I'm assuming. No, 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 no. I'm just looking at well, the skills that she the skills that she gets. She tends to use them. Yeah. Right. So you're, she's you're asserting use... that the that Hollywood's going to 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 go there. Well, I think okay. No, what I'm saying is I would like to see it because I would like to her. I would like <laughs> to see all the skill, all the mother skills that have been given her. Like so, Gabriel Burnham had some really bad had bad mothering skills right because she uh she put her daughter in a lot of danger that was unnecessary like couldn't mm-hmm. burnham have been sent to go live with like uh the grandparents you know like couldn't it, don't they have some russian cousins <laughs> they could have sent her to live with you know like russian yeah Ruzhenko. big guy who never smiles it's a wharf joke the klingon okay 
<laughs> so could they have sent her sent her somewhere else so that she wasn't like you know hanging out with thieves who are the thieves her parents because they clearly which, have received which parents the what gabriel and mike I'm sorry, Gabrielle and Mike, because they're in possession of stolen property, right? They got that fracking time crystal, and that's the whole reason that they got killed, because they had the time crystal. So why take the time crystal and then have your daughter around that bullshit? Like, you really didn't care much for your daughter's life, because that's one method of mothering, right? And then she abandons her, of course, but also doesn't <laughs> abandon her, which is weird, like, sort of over time. So Mother 2 is is who? Amanda? Amanda spends the, her whole time showing her, oh, you're the new special thing and I don't like Vulcans and Vulcans suck because like she doesn't spend her time with Spock or Sarek. She spends her time like oh. she she could have made some more little little Sareks or let's say Cybok. Hello? <laughs> what? Is it is anybody does anybody no, remember Star Trek five? Don't talk about it because I guess it does it's not part of canon, but uh Cybok? Guys, like, well, if they're half, if they're half siblings, what weren't they? Um, oh, are they half siblings? Yeah, they're half siblings. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they were full siblings. No, oh, I was pretty sure. Shut the front door. I hadn't considered that. I thought they were full siblings and both grew up with Sarek and Amanda. But now that you mentioned that, that solves the whole problem because Michael Burnham was a problem, right? Because she should be about the same age as Cybok. And uh, we don't see any Cybok. And in Star Trek V, we didn't see any Michael Burnham. So I thought we had a conflict of interest there. Okay. I guess we're gonna, are we gonna stick, um, are we gonna put, uh, are we going to put Star Trek V in the Kelvin universe? Is that what we should do? Why? I mean, so that, okay, so my brain is still stuck on the idea that Cybok and Michael Burnham can't exist in the same universe. Clearly, I think oh, that's okay. that's not that's not accurate anymore. Now that you've explained that little piece of information, which I which I greatly appreciate. <laughs> okay. So we uh we've reached the end of the episode over here, episode one. So um, so let's do a well, little rating well, system. Yeah, Shall we? Kind of episode one, part two. Uh yeah, but we're gonna have to do that on another episode. Okay. So we'll okay. see we'll see you guys for that next time. But uh, let's let's do a little rating here. Let's do a, how about a scale of one to 10? Cause I'm going 10. Just because um, I appreciate uh, having having Star Trek back around because I hadn't, you know, it, when this came out, it hadn't been around for what, like 12 years? Oh joy, I, I don't remember. You, I wasn't counting down the days. Are you focusing? Oh, I was counting down every day. Every day, of my, every day of my life until Star Trek returned, all I was doing the whole time was waiting for Star Trek to return so that the joy could come back into my eyes. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Are you looking at your phone instead of paying attention to doing a recording? No, I'm not. Uh -oh. I'm uh, looking at... some. Somebody uh, copied and pasted a link to me in the chat, and um, I'm, I'm looking at somebody's link that they copied and pasted yeah, to me. Yeah, that's real subtle because I, clearly there's only two of us in this call, right? Oh, and our engineer. Let's not, for, let's <laughs> really? not forget about our engineer over there. Uh, three, of, three of three of two. You know, the guy who edits three all of our... Exactly. Yeah, the guy who edits all of our recordings together. 
tertiary uh, primary <laughs> adjunct of Unimatrix one one. <laughs> so so let's do yeah, let's let's three of like, two. He was an oops baby. Let's do a rating. What can you give me a rating of uh, one to ten? Well, let me think on that just a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, maybe a nine, tentatively. Okay. So what? Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask from the customer service department of Star Trek Discovery. What can we do to make your next visit a ten? Jeez. Oh, um. Finish episode one point five. Oh. Okay. So are you just saying that like? We didn't quite finish the story. Is that why it's on a ten? Yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still in like, okay. I'm, you dropped me into this universe, and you haven't explained all my WTFs. Okay, that's that's fair. I, uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think that you're gonna have to get used to uh, having uh, episodes not being able to reach ten, though, because I think I think just about every episode delivers me a WTF that is never solved. Yeah, yeah, Well, I mean... Or that is solved since in, like, the first way later episode? episodes. Coming in? Since this is the first episode, I am still... When I first watched this, and I kind of still am, I'm still holding on to the last time I saw, saw Star Trek, which was in a very uh, stage play, Shakespearean style. Um, and I'm still like, why is everybody talking over to each other? Why don't they all have one line at a time? You know, oh. where's the uh, standing at the front of the bridge and talking to the view screen, which oh. is the camera? You know, I'm... Okay. So it's very you different know, still, is what we're getting at. Yeah, I'm still getting adjusted to the, the newness of this type of trek. And I'm like, this isn't what I was thinking it would be. It is not. So, yes. It is not. It is not indeed your father's Star Trek. I'm. No. I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. I'm just saying my aspy mind is still trying to wrap my head around it and be like, where where is the Shakespearean play style of gotcha. Star Trek? Yeah, that makes total sense. I like it. So it seems like they kind of blew your mind with the expectations and like what we what you ended up seeing. Based on you know yes. what you what you're exactly. used to, yeah, that's that's I think that's okay though. I think that's the purpose of the new of the new Star Trek of well of Star Trek yeah, Discovery. Yeah. I'm not saying like again that's I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that it it's different and that's not wrong or bad. Different is good. It just takes some people longer to get used to what different what the new normal or what different looks like now he said in 2021 as they're still trying to figure out uh, what that is for the real world after the pandemic or yeah mid mid pandemic yeah who knows um, <laughs> all right so uh, so guess what uh, it's snowing outside is it it's not snowing here it's but it's snowing apparently in that uh, Great Lakes region a a Oh, I mean, it's close to Canada, right? Like you get that, you get that language, right? Uh, no, we're not quite up in the Minnesota Great Lakes region. We're more down towards the Michigan, Ohio, Indiana Great Lakes region. So I just spent like a full like fifteen seconds uh, uh, trying to show my partner here, and all he was trying to do is tell me that we were getting, we were supposed to, we were scheduled to get like five or six inches of of snow. So let me publicly on this show apologize. Before trying to shush you, 
my bad. Should so, we cut to him? so no, I think he's eating noodles now. So it's gonna be kind of hard. Oh, okay. So oh, he's gonna warm up with noodles. Let me let me say first of all that we don't ever want to say goodbye on this show because you know it's, uh -oh. it's so hard to say you know that thing. It's so hard yes. It's okay, it's okay, because what I did is I dropped in that song right under you singing it. <laughs> so I'm sure everyone enjoyed it when they heard it. But listen, no, we're not saying goodbye. We're saying so long, we'll see you next time. Yes, we're going to say uh, live long and prosper. Peace and long life. Next time, uh, Star Trek Discovery, Season 1, Episode 2. I don't know, what's it called? My screen went to well, the so so clearly like the first one this one was the Vulcan hello so the next one is the big goodbye right um is it uh it's not so it's not would have been the vault too that's the that's the joke though oh okay all right see you next time everyone let's talk about Trex is a production of anodyne relay we review the copyrighted works of CBS Paramount's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. Our main producer is David Moody, and our writers are Jack and Earl. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom. We mix with NCH Mixpad and Master and Kukos Reaper. Our sound engineer is EJ Thompson, and our intro and outro music features samples of Awakening by Wadaboy from Pixar.